Dirt, a Go Loud original. So we're in my garden. It's Sunday evening. It's like November and it's so cold. But... Well, actually, it's not really so cold. It's not that midwinter cold. It's just chilly when it should be, when you would expect it to be warm. We're up on the veranda. I have a wraparound veranda on the second floor of my house. And it's very exciting to be up here because we're surrounded by wisteria, plumes of wisteria flower, which are just about to emerge. And I'm just hoping we get no frost because we've had late frost. So I don't want the, the flowers around and behind you, there's a potato vine coming into flower. Really amazing purple things. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Glass it's Salanum capsicum Glasnevin, uh, one found in the Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin in Dublin. And I don't know if you remember, Paul, you came to do some pruning on the around the veranda, especially with those roses, which actually have responded really well to it. But I said go more on the Salanum. More, 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 because it's unruly. And it's really responded very well to it. Yeah, but I hate doing pruning for gardeners because, yeah, and you love getting someone else to do it because it's their responsibility, but it's a horrible job. It's not a horrible job, but everyone has their own way of doing it in their own garden. You see, I never listened to those lectures or those practicals in college, and you did. You're good. What did you listen to? All the design stuff, all the basic stuff on plants, all the stuff on soil. But pruning, do you know, life was too short and there was always going to be somebody like you around. Silence <laughs> does not. There's no response to that. <laughs> so, anyway, we're at home and this is the start of our second podcast. Yeah. Oh, now, the other thing I want two. to say about the veranda is on last week's episode, we talked about the Dixonias, and I have a plantation of Dixonias. That's all I wanted a house with a garden where I could plant these amazing tree ferns. And they're just bursting out. They are. They have their crozier, Bishop Croziers is what they call them, isn't they? Yeah. As they unfurl. The most amazing shape to them, uh, like a staff. And then uh, from them, there's spikes of echium, which are these incredible things from, I think, the Madeira Islands that just pop up. They're about 10, 15 foot tall. You wouldn't believe how big they are. And they pop up all over with plumes of blue flowers. So the, the the main plants we're seeing now are, is, is that wisteria, which will be white, then down below the Dixonia, then shooting up through everything like fireworks into the night sky are these echiums. And then underneath the Dixonia, we have that geranium that goes mad in my garden too, ger- geranium palmatum. We're only seeing the foliage now. I was worried this year there wouldn't be well, because I got hens and I let them into the garden that they'd have eaten all the seedlings. But actually, it's okay. Yeah, some very, very brave uh, birds are out tonight too. Uh, I say tonight, it's not dark yet, it's but it's, dark. it's a summer it's, evening. It's so, you know, it's late it's, and it's still dark. So, you, I can see the full moon there. Yeah, clear night. Maybe clear night that's why you're acting a little bit weird today. What are we going to discuss this week on the podcast? Soil. Soil. 18, 18's soil. We are. We're going to talk a little bit about the Chelsea Flower Show too. And yeah, whole... we've just come through. Uh, we're entering into the period of flower shows kicked off by Malvern and Chelsea, uh, soon to be Hampton Court, Bloom in Ireland, um, Singapore, China, all, all around the world, Philadelphia, they have flower shows. So we're going to talk about uh, Chelsea Flower Show because I have 
a long history at this stage of doing gardens there since 1995. And as ever, we're going to answer all of your various questions. I think yeah. there's ones about slugs from Dubai and all sorts of different things. And Mary from Donegal has been on to us again. With her regular question. Um, so yeah, by the end of the day, or by the end of this podcast, I should say, you should be able to understand the soil that you have out there, how to yeah, deal Yeah, but we want them. you to do something too. We're going to tell you what we want you to do for next week. We want you to test your soil. So yeah. we're going to, first of all, tell Aideen how to do that. We're going to examine her soil. We've set her a task, or we're going to set her a task, and we want you to do it too. The jam jar task. I know, but I think you're turning this into an outro as well as an intro. Sorry. <laughs> Dirt with Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith, a Go Loud original. So we're in and around kind of show season in terms of gardens and gardening. So what does show season mean? It's when we kind of come out and show the best of what we have done horticulturally. So even, even, even saying those words has already got season. him riled up, ready for this, everyone. He's going to go I know, off it, on one. It is funny because I've made my name true show season you know and through well one in particular which is obviously the big one yeah yeah I know it's it's crazy it it harks back to for anyone who hasn't heard of it though what can you describe the Chelsea Flower Show in a sentence it's a big celebration of gardening which takes place in spring towards the end of spring in London and it's been going run by the RHS, the Royal Horticultural Society, and it's been going for uh, about 105, 106 years. And there's other ones too. So in the UK, that is, there's other shows, smaller in the ones, UK around, and, and in Ireland, and in different Ireland, countries. and everywhere, and in yeah. America, and in Holland, and in Sweden, and in Singapore, there are shows. But I mean, I guess it went back to the old village show back in the day when you showed your leeks and you showed who had the best turn up and all of this, and it kind of grew legs and turned into this big thing. But it really grew legs and it turned into a. Well, what's the a sophisticated money-making machine. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. Money-making, DRHS is a charity, and money-making to support everything that they do. But it really is a money-making machine. It is also wonderful, brilliant, the best show, gardening show on earth, all the time, even in a bad year. But it's also a bit of a sham. i tell you what annoys me about it. it I like the small gardens. Mm-hmm. I like where people are being inventive I love the marquee which inside the marquee it's a big tent used to be cloth now plastic but it's full of all of the growers and all of the people who produce the plants for all these shows and they put in their heart and soul and everything into making their displays and to growing these plants to absolute perfection to show off and the smell even when you go into that place is brilliant but then you have the show ponies outside who are garden designers generally the same garden designers year after year um there's about 20, 20 odd show gardens. Um, most of the people will be multiple exhibitees. Most of them will have multiple gold medals. And most of them will do the same gardens in different shapes and different forms year after year. And the judges will all wear tweed. Well, the judges <laughs> are their mates, have lectured them, are. So it's a bit of, of a click. Is that oh, the thing? complete click. Okay. It's a complete click. And there's a formula to getting gold medals. So everybody goes to Chelsea to win gold. Do they? Do you? I don't. Oh. I don't. I'm not saying I never have. Because 
going to Chelsea my first time was kind of my escape and maybe I'll get to do something new, something different. But I found it very, even the first year, 1995, don't tell anyone, very decisive <laughs> and brilliant at the same time. Show gardening, so creating these exhibits is, it's an art form. But sometimes when I'm creating gardens, and I've created 10 in that time since 1995, up to a few years ago. Sometimes when I'm planting up a garden, I feel repelled by what I'm doing. Something comes over me and I just say, what are you at? Placing plants in pots, bedding them into sand, one beside another, using... Creating gardens that cost hundreds of thousands of pounds that will only be there for a week, using an enormous amount of resources, causing huge amount of stress to me, to my team, to my family, and then it's all over. And I I get repelled by it, and I step away for a little while, and then I convince myself, look, show gardening is an art form in itself. And you've created a name for yourself through it. I mean, Chelsea was your break initially, wasn't it, that got you where you are? And it also... You go back and you kind of stir people and you, you know, I suppose, well, it'll always follow. But, you know, you've always kicked it up. You've, you know, not caused a fuss, but every time you go there, you sort of... Uh, well, I, I try to do that through my gardens, through good doing gardens that are different. And people think that... Outside the box, whatever you want to call it. It's yeah, not, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, it's so hard to do it. I'm not interested in their medals because I saw early on that the medal system stifles real creativity. It's all a whole load of rubbish. What happens in Chelsea, I've found, and I've been, not a huge amount, but I've been a couple of different times, that if you go a few times in a row, it gets nearly boring because you see the, the same, same thing. It's the same. It's the same, it's the same. Uh, you know, it's Always another quarter million pound garden and they're gorgeous and they're brilliant and they're lovely. I think lovely, the real but they're issue, all a bit, you the know, issue the for me thing. with all the commentary and all the com- coverage, bar none, with the exception of none, is that people say this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and the people who win all the big medals are wheeled out as being these incredible gurus. They're not. They've just found a way in. They've understood the formula. It just is sliced bread. You know, it's the same sliced bread. The same. Each slice is nearly the same every year. It doesn't change. I think the there's a status quo. It just keeps going. There's an element of elitism, which we've touched on before, but so it comes into gardening in lots so of different ways. White, so white, yeah. so... Middle class, so aristocratic, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of it being the Royal Horticultural Society. No wonder you caused controversy when this uh, paddy from across the water came over. I don't uh, get a- it, you know, I often don't get it right. I more often than not get it wrong. But I try to say something new and... Capture the attention, not the attention, but make people think again, I suppose. Is that what you're... Make people well. I uh, I like to explore ideas with gardens. Sometimes the ideas are just fun, making people smile, making people laugh, having or making people think, or bringing technology into it, or or whatever. But really giving it all that you've got. And if you free yourself from being worried about medals, which is a bit complicated too, because of course your sponsor is going to want to be associated with something shiny and and, and whatever. And it's embarrassing to say to them, look. If it's medals you're after, I'm not your guy. But the fact that you say that to them from the get-go, you're probably... I mean, you're not covering yourself, but... Well, I suppose yeah. the other thing that I have, because I get a lot of coverage, whatever I do, because I'll... Yeah, it's a complicated thing. It's a complicated thing. Well, the last time I was there, I didn't know you at the time, but I remember myself and a friend were looking at you strangling, strangling uh, 
revolving topiary bush and the hose was getting caught in the revolving topiary and you were gathering a crowd. You didn't intend on it, but the hose got caught in this revolving plant and it got very that. funny. I'm sure you don't remember it. I mean, you're erect as you always are for those things, but um, we were watching on, kind of giggling at, you know, there's your man getting his Did hose. Did you like the garden? Yeah, I at liked it. At the time, it. did you like it? Yeah, yeah, because I like the fact that it was... So it was a clockwork garden every 15 minutes it did It's a things. cottage garden, you know, chocolate box. That's in my type of garden On anyhow. Acid. Which is Oh, absolutely. Like, there was so much colour. It just popped everywhere. It was overkill and it was fun. And I think it was at, well, every 15 minutes it kind of came alive and the roof came box off the house and everything evolved. And and trees twirled, uh, automatic topiary emerged from the undergrowth and clipped. Yes, all of that. plants. The, uh, the window boxes went up and then the roof came off. Uh, whole beds revolved yeah and the hose got caught and it turned into this <laughs> but yeah it's yeah. it's funny and I have it's it, Chelsea Flower Show gave me a voice but certainly I have reservations and at times I think the emperor has no clothes will you be back? I hope so you're addicted to it is that? no I'm what, not addicted what, to it what is it then? There must be something that makes you want to go back year on year, even though you're saying oh, well, this. Well, first of all, I don't want to go year. back year on year. Yeah. I definitely don't want to do but that. when you have a good idea, you don't want to go back without when having When you've something. got something to say. I love garden design. Uh-huh. I love the ability to change space. And I know I think differently about gardens than many other people do. I also understand what show gardening is. It's making a show. It's show business. It's exciting. It's delighting. Or it's the opposite. It's getting people to think or talk or hate or consider. It's ideas. And I have ideas. Well, there is. It's exhilarating, isn't it? You know, you're there for a set amount of time. You're under immense pressure. That's not the exhilaration part of it. That's a pain in the arse. But does that you're fueled by adrenaline for the whole thing, surely? That's a pain in the arse. So then, why do it? Because I've something to say through gardens, and I would rather say these things through gardens and then walk away and let. And what what I did with the last garden, which was a twee garden, mm-hmm. I walked away. I went into that. We had a little folly, and I would hide in there and watch people through dark glass and how people were reacting. And I wanted people to react in a certain way, and they did. The next one I want to do is very, very different. A bit dark. It's very dark. It's very dramatic. It's very dark. It's absolutely huge. But it's saying something. And that's your whole point. That you have to say something. And if, if I have the opportunity, if, if I've been given a voice by Chelsea, and if I'm one of these few people who have the opportunity... To bring people together, our sponsors and uh, a team to build the garden and whatever, to bring people on this journey, in a way that's, however gothic this journey is, that's what I'm made for. I think it's, That's what I should be doing. You've said it before, it's the recreation of landscape. It's this kind of whole mimicking thing that really annoys you, because why yeah. try to perfect nature, which is, you know... It's perfect in its own right. You don't need to do that. And people try to, you know, create a scene from a great country house or from the wilds of wherever, Yorkshire or wherever in the world, from the Netherlands, from South Africa, wherever, by, you know, trying to replicate that environment. But you don't need to do that. It's it's lacking intellect. It's just painting chocolate box images. Just taking a chunk of something and recreating Re- Recreating it and bringing it to London. Why? Which is a skill, but it's not necessarily yeah, 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 a you know, design triumph, is it? And, mm. and yet, it's still amazing every year 
to go there and see what people are doing and see if you can see a chink of originality. And wherever you see passion, it's wonderful. And whenever you see these gardens, you also have to appreciate the work that's gone in and you know the blood, sweat and tears because you've been there. So whether I agree with the design or not, I respect what goes into them. But a little piece of me dies. Dirt with Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith, a Go Loud original. Uh, so we've been getting in questions and people have been asking things and people are always curious, aren't they, to know what to do. It's like being a, uh, a doctor at a party. Everybody tells you about their ailments and they want solutions and they want you to say... It's worse if you're a nurse and they show you their gammy foot and the fungus growing on it. And, you know, you get the same as a gardener. You get people bringing in bits of their gammy roses and the fungus on them. And, uh, yeah, it's just not what you want. It's not the... And usually the bits have dried out because they haven't wrapped them in plastic. But yes. if they have wrapped them in plastic, they're just smelly, manky Fester things, is anyway. the word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fester, yeah. So what questions do we have this week? Uh, we had Mary in Donegal. Oh, you. What? There is no Mary in Donegal. You started it. I, I just know. had to go and continue it. Uh, hi. Uh, this is from Frank and Vanessa down in Ballinspittle in Cork. What's Ballinspittle? Ballinspittle is where the statues moved. Oh. Remember they danced and everybody went mad for a summer. Are they still moving? Uh, <laughs> they have a south-facing garden, anyhow, whether they're moving or not. And they have a mature hedge already in the beach hedge. And they're tempting a second beach planting to try and close a prairie-type space. And they want to pleach the hedge and can't find anything about how to do it. Oh, pr- I'm wondering how. Pleaching is just training. It's, it's, it's just You have to start when the plants are young. That's the only thing. So if it's an established head, hedge, you can kind of toperize it. But pleaching might be difficult. It depends on how old... But what is pleaching? It's basically training the plant to be generally not a fan shape, but kind of a very square, structured shape. I was in a garden just last week and I saw a pleached cedar tree. What? Yes, a pleached cedar tree. How, explain, tell it me. Was, what? <laughs> it was the most extraordinary thing I had ever seen. So it was like a hedge in a very long hedge, about 20 metres. Okay. Um, central stem. Straight out. Um, horizontally. Hor- growing hor- horizontally. Three different layers. And the top of it curved. And it was cedar. Extraordinary. That's because uh, I was going to say, beech isn't one that you normally pleach. The common thing to pleach is lime or hornbeam, isn't it? But you it, would generally? never... Who, more lime than it. Who would... Pleach, pleach a cedar tree. A cedar. But pleaching a beech, which was the original question, it's possible, but it's going to take you a long time. It's a lot of training and it's a lot of commitment and... Often it's better to buy them kind of half done for you, but that's expensive. So it's just going to take you time, basically. Beech are relatively fast growing, but, you know, they're not going to grow overnight. And it's going to take a bit of commitment before you can get whatever you want. I guess a floating hedge is another word for them, isn't it? Because you have well, a stem and you have all yeah, the growth on top. and they're top. very trendy for town gardens to create privacy. Without taking up space. Without taking up yeah. uh, space. The thing about beech is they come in to leaves. They tend to hold their leaves right through the winter so they go russet golden colour and but they come into leaf very late they're only just coming in these past few weeks really into leaf yeah and they they go through the seasons really well so beach starts off this most amazing soft limey green you really want to touch it it's just really kind of soft to the touch really beautiful lime green bursting with colour and then it kind of darkens to a kind of tougher leaf slightly darker green and then as the season progresses it gets all these nicely shades of yellow and brown in the autumn and then they hold on all through the winter as you say so it's it's one of these things that's the ultimate in terms of man wanting to control plants. 
plants and make a plant do things for our benefit to provide solutions often privacy sometimes order uh, used very well in ancient uh, gardens in um, Italian Renaissance gardens and it made a big comeback in the contemporary garden era which started I suppose around the 80s 90s and continues to be I mean people are still using them in designs as you say it's a very functional thing as well as being and if it wasn't a beach so we don't have you know cover all year round what would give colour if you wanted to pleach it so if you wanted that privacy something like an evergreen oak yeah yeah, they're becoming hard. Isn't there a fungus or a, something that's getting them a virus, I think? Oh, is there? Yeah, uh, they were imported willy-nilly, but now... Uh, is it is it Xella? Xyella, uh, Xyella, yeah. Uh, funny spelling, X-Y-E-E. I don't know how you spell it, but... You're the better speller. Uh, yeah, well, it, when something starts X-Y, it's always a bad kind of start, isn't it? Anyway, but bottom line, go down and pray to one of those statues. Yeah. For... That'll help you. Or just buy one already done. Or buy one already done. <laughs> it's a slow process. That's the yeah. kind of bottom line. Slugs? Yeah. Who, who's who's question about slugs? Well, Mary up in Donegal. She's back. <laughs> can, She's I, can I explain to her? Because the BBC got into trouble recently. Can I explain that we're not going down the route of the BBC and we're going to be completely honest and open. There is nobody called Mary who lives in Donegal. <laughs> And also, this is international, so maybe we should say Mary in Aberdeen or in, I don't know. Well, there's likely to be a Mary in Aberdeen, so pick a Yvonne in... Dubai. Asked us about slugs, and what did she ask us Probably for? doesn't have slugs in Dubai, but anyway. <laughs> uh, slugs are a huge problem, particularly can in we, this Can climate. we open this up to, uh, to slugs and snails? They're the same thing, aren't they? They're all mollusks which is a bit of a weird word, isn't it? It's a horrible word. Yeah, but they aren't the most attractive creatures, are they? No, and people, again, gardeners, at this time of the year in these islands, get obsessed about them because we like to grow broad-leaved plants or we have been growing seedlings and we have newly emerging uh, plants, lots of fresh, juicy growth. And at night, the slugs and snails come out and tend to demolish plants. Uh, most particularly hostas because people love their hostas and obsess about hostas and uh, what does Yvonne in Dubai want to know? Uh, what to do how to stop how to prevent them from doing damage we were only over in your garden earlier and the Brunneras which are great evergreen plants yeah but they just uh, were eaten but they were eaten yeah. did you see me get upset? No, no, you kind of laughed at it. You went, ah, the slugs are out. But because the slugs are all part of an ecosystem of a garden. I'm so living, let live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe too much, but... Well, look, slugs, My garden was looking very good. It was looking exceptional. Yeah. There was Angelica Gygas, which is this big <gasps> cow parsley-like thing that was yeah, out. Yeah, so again, don't worry about really it, uh, Yvonne. If you have... There are things, okay, you can go to the garden centre, you can get pellets. You can sink a saucer of beer in the ground around where they uh, are and they'll pass away very happy half sozzled you can go out with a torch at night you can pick them off feed them to the hens no throw them into your neighbour's garden (laughs) even worse (laughs) what else can you do oh it's at this copper thing um, copper Copper is meant to give them kind of a shock basically like an electroid kind of shock and they work but they're not the most effective uh, like the most effective way is using pellets, but if you're going to get them, make sure they're organic, number one. And number two, they're really not great, even if they're organic, because a slug pellet will kill it, but then the birds will eat the dead slugs, and that yeah. often 
kind of messes with them. So you're, you know, you're imbalancing the ecosystem by killing off them with soot pellets. So the only time I would ever use them is in an enclosed space, like in a glass house or a polyton. Where but would then, the home counties version of Ireland be? Where's that area that people always do the right thing? Uh, nice. In nice. <laughs> do you know what? In nice. Do you know what they do? What's that? Eggshells. Oh. They crush eggshells. And it's like walking across fire for exactly. a second. Yeah. So Yvonne, do any of those things? Yeah. There's lots of different ways. Uh, it's a bit of a battle and there's also this little bit of acceptance too. So nice is the epicentre of a certain type of living in Ireland, is it? I reckon so. Protestants, Catholics, Jews, what are they? Everything down everything. there. Yeah, okay. it's the way it should be. Cosmopolitan, nice. Yeah. Where, where would you go? I, but sorry, it's always sorry for me. That's not anywhere in the home counties of Ireland, though, is it? Surrey <laughs> <laughs> well, is the centre of gardening. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that where a great dickster is? But we won't talk about that now because I know it gets your blood pressure up. <laughs> 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 It's a garden. Great Dixter is a really well-known garden in the UK. Who's this lad? Hello. Who? All the little boys, all the young gardening boys. It's all about Great Dixter. Well, they do some brilliant things down there. And we'll talk about it properly in the goodness of time or the fullness of time or whatever it is. Yeah, but. Dirt with Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith. A Go Loud original. Are you going to get off your iPad? Yeah, I, I don't know if I was, I was looking for a podcast to record. <laughs> so, Aideen, we set you a challenge. Yes. And we asked you to dig up your garden. Did you do that? First of all, before you show us, did you learn anything? Yeah. What um, did you learn? No, I didn't learn anything. Well, well no, that, I, that was a waste of time, no. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We're about to find out if I No, 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 no. Through the process of digging in your garden, did you learn anything? Before you show us anything, you tell us what you think. So there's a supermarket plastic bag that yep. Aideen has samples in. And I have um, a section of dirt here. And it's very dirt. heavy. And it was easy to... Oh, hold on. Even in that? That's it. That was the first question. Okay. Was so it easy to... It's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah, it's only a small little... It's, it's about the size of... Um, so you've heavy soil. You've heavy, heavy dirt. Heavy dirt. Like, this would fit inside a football, we'll say, just for, for people listening, just to get a visual Huge reference. That's like, we didn't <laughs> need that much. We only wanted a sample. Oh, I wasn't sure, yeah. So I just stuck the fork in. Well, and... it's like asking for a urine sample and coming with a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to describe it. <laughs> so I'm going to do something outrageous. Oh, now. Jesus... Jeremy, don't put that out of the desk. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh. They're going to never let us into this studio That's again. That's the end of us in the but studio, but it, there you go. Isn't it funny? Soil. It's yeah. the most brilliant thing. Why shouldn't it be on the desk? Well, it's... Are you going to tell me it's dirt? It, no, it's just it's an engineering... St- or it's a, stu- a broadcast studio. I don't think they'll be very happy with me. Okay, observation from me. First of all, you've got a brilliant lawn because it's full of weeds. <gasps> yep. Is that bad? I was just about to be embarrassed about how many weeds we have. So no, you're saying that's brilliant. Long enough. Uh, well, it's, it's quite thick. It's, you know. it's Everything is growing very well. So you've creeping buttercup. You've got clover, which people don't realise. Oh, clover brilliant. is brilliant, brilliant because it does something weird. It fixes nitrogen that's in the air and makes it available to plants. So it it's fixes. So free. it makes food. Yeah. I've taken the clump of it in my hand. There's a test hand. you can do and you're doing it in your hand there now. You kind of roll it into a sausage shape. And then you see, will that sausage bend? Try to break that sausage into you. Will it bend or will it just snap? 
and it's it's bending a little, but it's also crumbling back. So I think you've got quite good soil. It's good soil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If it was heavy clay, what you would do, you'd roll that into a sausage shape, and it'd nearly bend the whole way around into a complete circle. If you have kind of what they call a loam, which is a good mixture of all the different things you need in a soil, it will do pretty much what it did. You'll bend it into a sausage, and partway through bending it, it'll just break up and fall back into kind of the crumbly bits that were. And if it's a sandy soil, it won't actually roll into a sausage at all. And sandy soils aren't great because they don't hold a lot of nutrient. That is a perfect soil. It has a bit of everything, and that's what you need. Like anything in life, a bit of everything is perfect. But it can be improved, and all soil can be improved. Colour is first thing you notice it's kind of a light brown colour yeah it's a bit it needs which food needs food yeah it, it looks slightly deficient Ooh. in terms of nutrients Interesting. new house is it yep. yeah look look at that yeah that oh, tells you something little bits of glass in oh. it. Yeah, the, the builders broke yeah. a window in their digger <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the I think it's probably been compacted a little bit I think there's probably lots of extra things been added in through the building process I don't think drainage is absolutely amazing in it and I haven't seen as the situation gets worse I'm ripping apart this big oh did I say a worm <gasps> no we want to see do you know worms. what if I had that soil oh, in my yeah, garden, yeah, 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 I'd yeah. be very happy. There's a worm. Do you see it? So you've got a great starting point. Yeah. Now, the people who own the studio... I do not agree. want anyone from engineering to walk in now and see <laughs> a bit of my garden and a worm and broken up bits of soil on the desk. And glass. They'll Don't freak the glass. out. <laughs> yeah, well, we're doing, we're, it know. is a gardening podcast. <laughs> it, it should have came with a disclaimer. <laughs> So if there's people listening though and they don't know what kind of soil they like you've analysed that for me I would never have known any of that only you've seen it and you told me so how if people are listening how will they get their soil analysed So what they will do will be to get a handful one clump so about a tenth of what you've got in that amount so I have a fistful of it here they'll get that they'll get a clean jam jar with a lid they'll put this in the jam jar they'll fill to the top of the jam jar with water and then they'll shake as Tom Cruise cocktail was it? Shake put the lid on it and leave it stand for 24 hours the different elements of the soil will settle and we want you to do that and send us a photograph and we'll come back basically soil analysis is made up of broken down rock this is where it gets wait, wait this is where it gets a little hold, bit hold intense let's, and let's, nerdy are you ready yeah go on you ready I mean this is so cool Aiden. you have to listen to this <laughs> it's the least cool thing you're going to hear all day but in terms of actually giving some decent content let's do it basically soil is made up of broken down rock and this is just really 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 broken down rock and it gets so small that it's microscopic the elements of rock and through erosion through weathering through all these different processes through heat through millions of years and I mean millions of years to create a soil I think it takes you know a thousand years to create 10 centimetres or something so it takes ages to create any depth of soil and all soil is is broken down elements and broken down rock and each of those particles of rock have different sizes and there are three main particles that make up soil sand, silt and clay what do you mean I'm better? But now you're getting interested. Well, there are three, three things. So there's only three elements that basically make up this soil, sand, silt and clay. And all of they are, all sand, silt and clay are, are different sized particles. So sand is very big, silt is slightly smaller, clay is so microscopic that you can't even hardly, well, even in a microscope you can find it. So organic matter? 
organic matter is the fourth and final element and organic matter doesn't mean that it's organic like your vegetables in Tesco's are or that it will, your vegetables in the supermarket are. Um, but organic matter just means that it was once alive. So things like the bits of grass that break down and die into it, the bits of worms that die and fall into the grass and actually become part of the soil. And organic matter can be taken away by burning it. We often play a game where I ask him to say what he said over the last 10 minutes in 20 words. 20. Okay, I'm going to count as I do this. Number one. Soil is made up of broken rock. Soil particles are sand, silt, clay. Soil also contains organic matter, which is something that was once alive. And depending on how much of each of those four things you have in your soil will basically tell you the type of soil you have. There's hundreds of different classifications. The perfect soil is a loam soil, which is equal amounts of sand, silt and clay. Looks like you have that there. Lots of people have loam soil, lots of people have clay soil, which is really heavy and sticky. Lots of people have sandy soil, which is like sand on the beach. It all depends on where you live in the world. But all soil can be improved by the addition of one thing, and that's organic matter. So whether you have a heavy clay soil that you think nothing will grow in that because it's so hard to dig in, or whether you have a light sandy soil if you were gardening near British Bay in County Wicklow, and you were uh, feeling that all water and nutrients were being leached away, both of those can be improved by the addition of organic matter. Organic matter is compost that you might make yourself. Green waste, any waste from the kitchen that isn't cooked food, goes into the compost heap, makes wonderful compost. Or you can buy it from any DIY shop, because not everyone has time to make compost. (laughs) With the heavy clay soil, that can be improved because the organic matter will help to break down the particles and make all the nutrients and trace elements available to the roots of the plants. With the light sandy soil, it'll be improved, true? It'll give the something for the water to stick to. So sandy soil, its problem is it dries out too much. So organic matter will help it retain moisture and it will also give feed because nutrients don't tend to hold on to a sandy soil. It is all a bit nerdy. It's all a bit complex. But very simply, no matter what type of soil you have, you can improve it by adding organic matter. Now, how are we going to clean this table? I don't know. You've what changed I'm the colour of it. <laughs> You've actually changed the colour of the desk. Well, that's the last <laughs> sample we'll be brought in, isn't it? No, that's the only thing. <laughs> well, no, we have to do manure here. Oh, God. <laughs> it be a good episode of that. Shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> Dirt with Derma Gavin and Paul Smith. A Go Loud original. When we garden, we sort of have this idea that everything in the garden will be perfect and the whole thing will be this most amazing, magical place. But gardening is idealised, isn't it? Yeah, everything is. You really, know, you have gardening. this idea, it's it's all beautiful hedges, roses around the front door, your borders always in blossom, and, you know, increasingly doing good. Doing good for the environment, making compost, and encouraging people to garden. There's a lot of pressure on people to have gardens that look absolutely beautiful and never have any plants that have problems. The reality is, shit happens. <laughs> and there's no such thing as a rose without a bit of black spot, as a leaf on a and it doesn't matter. palm. Or, what? It doesn't matter. No, that's the thing. A plant will not die if the tips of your palm inside have gone a little bit brown. It's not the end of the world. Okay, if the whole thing's gone brown, you might need to rethink. But it's, I, Yeah, I think it's, it's a lot to do with television programmes. It's a lot to do with media. It's a lot to do with articles. Things we feel should be done in a certain way. And every plant should be perfect and there should be no yellowing, there should be no green fly, there should be no issues and slugs and styles in your garden are a bath. 
thing. But there is best practice. But there again, it's not always impossible to really follow that, is it? It's just... But even that whole notion of best practice is a little bit warped. It's gardening. It's things growing. Yeah. Before we were around, things grew. In jungles, on the top of mountains, under the sea. And gardening is just kind of taking all those elements together and doing it in one concentrated place because plants did it without us for years. Gardening is very much a man-made term and everything, isn't it? But we reached a tipping point and the tipping point for me is probably, it's probably now, it's walking into a garden centre and it's seeing all these packages of stuff, of phosphates, of nitrates, of weed killer, of things that say boost, bigger, brighter, whatever we don't need it if you have a problem there's a product for it but really there's no problem well not that there's no problem but it's not always fixable that's the thing not every problem has a solution to it in gardening it's not a problem even more better yeah even better because you know we're not perfect specimens as humans and why do we expect all our plants to be the best and why it's actually we're really as much blame as anybody because it's Instagram it's Pinterest it's showing the best it's showing the ideal yeah nobody takes a bad photo on Instagram nobody shows the kind of you know the bad corner everyone in a garden has this corner that is absolutely terrible that you don't want to go to that you just would never ever show to people but we always have this idea you know that everyone's Instagram everyone's garden everyone's life is perfect but I have to say you're quite good I'm quite bad on all this I bringing gardens to places like the Chelsea Flower Show, opening shops and doing the display and making sure everything looks really good. You're really quite good because you have a polytunnel in your... How many homes do you have? You've one in Carlo, you've one in England. It's about a dozen. You're yeah. about to get another. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but I know you tend to do things like build polytunnels, put an irrigation st- system in, um, oh, well, abandon w- wait till I tell you the first time Dermot went to the polytunnel it was at the National Ploughing Championships which was very close to where I live a couple of years ago and you popped in on your way back from one of the evenings there and you called into the polytunnel and you needed a machete to get in I had left the polytunnel I'd been in the UK for a few years I'd put on an irrigation system and but just l- left did the you hear what he said there to do I'd been in I built something, I planted things, and I left for a few years. Yeah, well, years. I mean, what's wrong with that? Weeks, months, years. It all is... But you wanted this enclosed garden to grow itself and do its own thing. Well, there were actually all plants in pots, and they were left to their own devices. And it was the most incredible thing, because plants... And they fought their way out. They did. They were quite literally poking their way out through the sides of the plastic, and they had rooted down into the floor of everything. It was So what had you got growing there? Well, I had worked for this guy who was a plant hunter and I had got all sorts of weird and wacky and unusual things and I was just experimenting and well, growing them. What plants them. were they? Things like, there was orchids, Cypridium orchids, which are these mad things that look like they have like a disc, there's kind of like a hole in them. Uh, slipper orchids, I think there could be. No, they're not Where slipper orchids. Where are they orchids. from? Japan. Cypromedium formosanum, which is a big long name and I think they're Japanese and they're incredible things. And there was all sorts of viburnums and ace Japanese maples, which all obviously come from that neck and of the woods. Passiflora, I think, passion flora. Oh, it was one of them that had uh, made its way. I think that came from someone's honeymoon. They got seeds when they were over in South Africa or something and they grew there in Quebec and Carlo. And, and all these things were in a field in Carlo, grown away quite happily and it was so overgrown that you couldn't get in. And your excitement when you did manage to get in with the machete yes. was just extraordinary. And none of the point is none of these things had been fed none of them had been pruned they had been watered because that's you know there's a few key things when you're gardening and water is kind of the key to life as we've said before you know you have to water and many of them grew wonky 
terrible. They were absolutely, you know, you look for a brilliant specimen in a garden centre. They were the worst examples of the specimens of these plants. But they still grew. That was the point. And your excitement was palpable. And I pulled out a magnolia tree and I said, Dermot, you need to grow this in your garden. And I think you went home with it and it had more soil underneath the pot than it had in the pot. It was one of those things. I remember. So I think, you know, what it boils down to is... Collecting plants, growing plants, or doing whatever you want to do in your garden. Just be a little bit more relaxed. You don't need a tonic fruit. Nope. If, if, you know, plants die. Shit happens. Shit happens. That's the kind of message. And, and if the leaves are a bit yellow, well, maybe they won't be next year. So don't worry about it too much. I mean, sometimes you can, you know, if leaves are a bit yellow, yeah, give them a bit of a boost with a feed. A liquid feed is always a good solution. But Liquid feed is like a trip to McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Don't lose yourself over it because it happens. And us gardeners, I think I've said this before, we're the worst culprits when it comes to killing plants. And don't <laughs> believe that you should be able to grow everything. Yeah, because it doesn't happen. Your garden, everyone's garden is different. Everyone has a different microclimate. Everyone, you know, if you live up in the hills of Donegal, if you live over in a forest in Japan, wherever you live in the world, you know, you have a totally different climate and therefore you can grow different plants. Yeah, yeah. But we, we, we have, because we have this temperate climate and because we can grow so many plants that have originated, we feel, we almost feel that, that we, we should be able to. Yeah, nearly entitled. Uh, there's yeah. Entitled. So yeah. there's, there's a bit of a, an arrogance about garden. So just relax, just chill and let the grass grow under your feet and anything else happen. But for heaven's sake, don't forget the water. Dirt with Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith. A Go Loud original. So we're back in the garden. It's getting really dark now. Sorry, the, the, the noise in the background is the dog wrestling with a carpet and a ball. I don't know what he's at. Uh, lights have come on. Birds still singing. What you will have learnt will have been about the chassis chop. Why it got its name, the chassis chop, and what you do, which is... Basically just chop the plants down to the ground. To make them more bushy and to stagger flowering periods. Yeah, to extend the season in the garden, because garden is all about kind of making it do what you want. And like Aideen, we want you to get involved. So remember, we sent her back home to Kildare with an experiment to put some of that soil in a jam jar, about a fistful in a jam jar, fill it with water, put the top on, shake it, and then watch over 24 hours as stratas form different levels. It'll just show you the makeup of the soil. And if you want, send us images in through Paul's Instagram or my Instagram. Paul, you're on at Paul T. Smith. Yep. And I'm on at Dermot Gavin, uh, both of us on Instagram. Next week, we'll be talking about... Gardening. Can we also do some real gardening? What, what do you have in mind? <laughs> uh, well, soil is great, but it's a bit boring. Maybe we should talk real gardening next week. Get Aideen to actually, you know, get gardening. We'll take some good gardening. Something. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, well, new garden. What do you do next? Um, but gardening is a whole, uh, spelt with a C for anyone who can't figure that out. So gardening in the car. See you next week. See you then. Dirt. A Go Loud original. Go loud!